0: Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard earned real world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. So, if I'm going to kind of mention some takeaways that occur to me and that I would like people to be thinking about, first of all, with the kids. If you got kids, you know, we think about educating kids and they come home with good grades. But if these little suckers never learn how to make money or they don't even have it in their mind about developing skills, about there is a real world out there in that real world, you have to make money. And so, you know, like I may have money, you know, I may have a big car, but you don't. That's my house. That's my car, you know. And so. Don't worry, you know. A friend of mine said his 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 son came and said, "You know, Dad, you know, people, the kids at school, you know, it's like, like I, you know, they they're always talking about how I'm spoiled and how I'm, you know, rich with a, you know, nice cars and nice houses." <laughs> My friend told him, "He said, son, that's that's not a problem for you at all." He said, "You got nothing."
1: Yeah, that's mine, not yours. <laughs> that's
0: mine. <laughs> It's like Nick Saban says to the, after, after they win national championships, he has a big team meeting and they celebrate, you know, all the team in there and, uh, uh, celebrate the victory and has, have the graduating seniors get up and go out and, uh, say you guys, you know, national championship, they go out of the room. And he said, now you guys, you got nothing. He said, that was their championship. You got to go, it. you got to go win your own. Yep. And that year starts right now. And so, uh, you know, that's important. And and to create experiences so somehow, some way, the light bulb can go on in their mind about uh, making money. And uh, that's a good thing, you know. And uh, because it speaks to being independent. And if you can get them to uh, correlate working hard, making money, being independent, because I can do things with it on my own, that's going to be as important as any other thing happens to them in education. Because once you get degrees, when you go to class, you know, we got to think about this thing logically. They're loading up their heads with information they're probably not ever going to use much. Uh, And if they do use it, it's because they're, to the degree that they're motivated, you know, to do a bunch of things. And then they'll tap into that educational base. But if they're not yep. really motivated, they're just looking for a job and going through, like, a, you know, you hear people, they, they they get married and their spouse, you know, some of the, the females out there, you know, my my husband is a real go-getter until we got married. <laughs> right. And now what a what an incredible dud, you know, like what happened to the man I married and everything. So the thing is, if you can work on that, you know, even, you know, I talk about this all the time. Even the lion, uh, uh, female lion, the mother, has to teach the cubs to hunt. They don't hunt naturally, you know. They, they get the taste of the kill. And, and you know, like, all of that gets it in to activate those natural impulses and everything. So uh, hopefully we're doing that. But also, I I don't want to get too far away from this whole thing was kicked off from your love of music wanting a boombox. <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I share too, you know, my, my daughter, she just turned uh, 11. She'll be 12 here um, in a couple of months. And right when she turned 11, you know, all of her friends in school, you know, fifth grade, they're getting cell phones. She goes, dad, dad, I want a cell phone. And I'm told my son, who's a little bit older, the same thing, you know, a few years prior, I said, yeah, those are a thousand dollars. And they, they both said to me, well, you, you have a thousand dollars. I said, yeah, I do. You don't. <laughs> um, you can go figure out a way to to make that money. And it was really interesting. I don't ever want to like push business on, on right. my kids. You know, I did I did the little cash flow, Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant. I said, Hey, you can go work for somebody, work for yourself, start a business, go invest. And my son, he decided to come work hourly um at our company, just doing uh-huh. doing things right. around the office. You know, he worked his butt off for an entire summer, made that money. Uh, my daughter, you know, little, she's wired a little bit differently. She goes, Well could I do a business? I go, sure. You can start a business. What do you like to do? Well, I love to bake cookies. So um, she started a little cookie baking business and then found, you know, found a way we really worked a little marketing plan. She sent these cute little emails to people and tracked the return. And, you know, about uh, over about that same time period that, that my son had spent, she made her thousand dollars. And, you know, now they both have their cell phones, but they, you know, they earned them. There's, there's a value that they see there. And there was a real proudness. Um, you know, that they had that they that they earned that in their own way that they loved.
0: And what you've done there is you struck the fire of internal motivation. You know, there's a carrot stick motivation that will allow you to get through life just because you have to do certain things. And you know, do this, you get an award. That's all external, but the, the greatness comes from internal motivation, you know, when you're following your gut and things that get you excited and that you want to do because those are the people that do the extras. And what, uh, what you were talking about there is lighting that fire of internal motivation. Like I can accomplish things, you know, and also the thing about make it the idea of education. We're trying to get people, you know, the kids to grow up and have some confidence and be able to think in their feet stand in their feet, know how to solve problems, you know, and it's not the lack of education. It's the lack of critical thinking, be able to, you know, problem solving and all. But if they don't have the motivation, uh, they're just sitting in there playing video games all the time, you know, where, where's that, what's that going to lead to, you know? And so, uh, hopefully a career as a professional athlete, because they've got plenty of time to play video games. uh, Right when they're not traveling are actually uh, on the field, you know? So uh, anyway, when you, the other thing that I'd like to point out is you took advantage of an opportunity to get some real world skills from that painting opportunity, you know, because a lot of things come along and we don't take advantage of them. But if you, if you somehow get it in your head, then I'm going to need some practical skills. You know, Mark Cuban is really good at explaining this because he talked about when he all the jobs he did along the way he was accumulate he had it in his mind to accumulate skills. so yes. he, wasn't, he wasn't mine wasn't on what I'm doing in there. it's like I want to learn this business. I want to learn what they do, what they you know how they do it and I want to get you know develop my skill set, practical skill set, you know customer service, solving problems, getting to know people, building relationships, you know competition, things like that and uh, figure out how things work. And how you turn around uh, uh, slumping businesses or get out of a slump, you know. He, you know, he was using all of that, and that set him up for incredible success at a young age. And yep. uh, we can use those same. The, the purpose of this podcast is to let people hear from real-world uh, successful people who have used real-world knowledge, not just dead information out of a book that somebody has heard from somebody else that really have no clue. You know, it's like second and third hand information. And it's not from the horse's mouth. The person who actually has used it and done something with it. And when they say these things, it sounds different. You know, it rings a bell. Yeah. It inspires. Oh, yeah. Whereas before it's just like, okay, I remember to say that, you know. But, uh, and so you did that and. You had, I don't know what other kind of education you got at school, what your degree and everything was, but you went back to that real world experience and it really doesn't matter where you start, uh, uh, Matt does it because you know what business you had started on. The main thing is that you started, you got something where you could get going on because you can always morph into other businesses, can't you?
1: Totally. Yeah, no, the, the businesses can pivot and, and change direction. And uh, yeah, you can you can jump laterally into other businesses as well. So no, it's, it's been great. But I think the big, yeah, the big lesson there, and I mean, I, I talked to my kids about it is the, the whole theory versus practice, like, hey, you're gonna you're gonna learn something like my son, he's not, he's not fond of math. He's like, Dad, why do I have to sit here and, and do these math problems on on paper? This is stupid. I'm never going to use this. Um, and then we actually took him out uh, on a on a painting proposal once and i'm like hey here's where you use you know measuring the area of a of a triangle or measuring area right. something like that and he goes oh, okay now now it makes sense and he goes well this makes more sense he goes i i, I love this this is fun because yeah. <laughs> i just don't yeah. want to sit here and study something that is is going to be seemingly seemingly useless um but yeah it's just when you get in and you do it and you get you get the reps you know i'm fluent in spanish i spent a semester over in spain uh, while i was in college and i tell people you know i spent i spent 10 11 years through middle high school college you know learning in class a little bit of spanish out of the textbook and then you get thrown into that environment where you have to do it you like you have to use it or you don't eat literally um you'll you'll learn it pretty fast and it it just sticks and you learn it at a at a different kind of level
0: yeah i've got a uh friend i've been business with for decades and he he studied Spanish high school, Wake Forest University, but one summer he got some kind of internship or something down in Colombia. <laughs> yep. And he said, they drop you off the bus in the middle of Colombia and you've got the name of this little family that you're going to be staying with for the summer and uh, that's it. And you you got it out. out. you
1: mm-hmm.
0: got to figure it out. But when he came back, he turned into a, he, he became a translator for the university. You know, they okay. used and all because they had all these international forums and this, that, and the other. And uh, but he said without that trip to Columbia, would not have happened. Real world experience is what we're talking about. And you know, I remember you know, I got a degree in, in uh building construction from Georgia Tech. I didn't know how to build a birdhouse, but I had right. a degree in building construction. But where I got the the thing, the education was when I got out of the job and we're building houses, and it's like all of a sudden you learn what building construction is all about, you know, the real, the real world. And so as you came through, how did you get into the mortgage business? You, 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 would you say expanded or, uh, was that a mark of insanity or just being fed up with the paint thing? Or it's like, I got to find something new or what, what drove that?
1: Uh, It was, it was funny i got i got in and out of it pretty quick it was a short short period of of my life but you know i was chasing the uh the seemingly you know sexy dollar right so made like i said made a bunch of money in college and um a lot of the group that we were running around with in in the college painting company like they were all very motivated by money and you know the the the, the kids that ended up being successful and made it to the end of the summer in this program, like they all did well, made good money. So it was just very appealing. You know, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. I had to learn how to make my own. So I'm like, man, you can make good money in the business. And then I bought a house, right? So never should have bought a house. I was, like I said, six figures in debt. Um, I got a mortgage that the bank actually paid me to buy a home. So I'm already upside down in it. But the guy that did my mortgage, um, he was a you know young friendly, very successful guy. So when we sat down, he's like, Hey, Matt, you know, looks like you've done very well for yourself. in in the painting business, he didn't talk to me at all about debt, right? He wanted to sell me the mortgage. Um, he goes, you know, you might really like this business. So as we're going through the process of him helping me buy my home um, and, and do the mortgage on the home, he's like, Hey, why don't you come hang out with me one day? I'll kind of show you what I do, right? So takes me out to lunch, a li- little bit of whining and dining, right? Come to come to find out possibly trying to, you know, recruit me to his, his mortgage team, but, you know, it just looked very appealing. It looked one way from the outside. It looked like you just kind of hung around ate lunches all day, you know, right. went to networking event, had drinks and, and made a bunch of money. And then when I actually ended up, uh, working in the business, I worked for a very like B C paper, um, telemarketing, you're doing 200 phone oh, calls a day yeah. and they were really taking advantage of people. You know, I asked too many questions, you know, cause again, I'm a math guy. So I'm like, you're consolidating all of their debt into this supposed home equity, right. That we find out right. a lot of them really didn't have anyway and, and lowering their payments, but you're spreading them out over 30 years. So I just remember a guy says, you know, do you want to, do you want to ask questions or make money? You can't do both. He's like, just do what we tell you, you know, do what this trainer, you know, the internal company trainer tells you to do, um, and you'll make money if not get out. And uh, then I, then I left that business and I went to like the totally opposite side. Like I said, at the beginning of the interview here, very conservative bank where I come in there and I go, Hey, are we consolidating debt and equity and doing this and pushing value on appraisals? Like, I didn't know what any of this stuff meant. And they're like, whoa, you like, what are you talking about? That's, that's not okay. Um, And I go, okay, this business isn't what I thought it was. And, um, you know, I I got, like I said, I got fired. And yeah, I'd never go back to that side of things.
0: For those of you who are sick and tired of fooling around and are dead serious about wanting to move up fast, I've got something especially for you. I've combined the best insights from over 40 years in business and making $70 million in income and compressed them into a free webinar. That's right. It's a free resource. If you want to find out exactly what the concepts are that I use in coaching million dollar earners, register now at wideleonwinning.com. You'll discover the five-part framework used by so many to reach their financial, personal, and professional goals. You can find that link in this episode's show notes. Well, what is this is the difference between a racket and a service, and people mm-hmm. that are, you know, the time that you need to ask questions is when you're the client, <laughs> and you yep. know, you're full skeptical thing because uh, they can talk, they're talking fast, and you're they're confusing you. Uh, it's not by accident. It's by design. And you should never get into financial products that you don't understand the basic. And if the person cannot explain those to you, uh, simply and clearly, it's not any place you want to be. And that's not the kind of person you want to do business with. So what did you, so you found yourself, how old are you at this point? Uh, 41. And you went, back into the painting you're saying, uh, at that stage.
1: Yeah. So I was, you know, I painted the four years in college and then it was a little less than two years kind of transitioning out of college. And then yeah, 2005 was when we founded our, our painting company. And then that, that, that grew, you know, that took off pretty, pretty quickly. Um, you know, again, I I love the marketing. So was, was really exploring creative and different ways to market then I overlaid the the awards steps and and kind of that process and framework that I used to win awards. And yeah, we've had our company now, this is our, I believe our 18th year in business.
0: So talk about creative and different ways of marketing. What did you learn about ways that you, because one thing about learning new ways is it keeps you stimulated. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. keep yeah. doing the same old thing. over. One of, one of the things that people, when you're running a business, the hardest thing, I heard this a long time ago, and I still think it's probably true. The hardest thing you have to do is to keep yourself really motivated. Because yeah. it, mm-hmm. what follows from that is to keep your team really motivated. But you're dead out of the door door if you, if you don't walk out of the door super motivated. And so one thing that keeps you as a leader motivated is doing things quicker, ba- better. Faster, more fun, and yeah. there's there's something really invigorating about an exciting new idea that actually works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, talk about talk about some of the ways you found a market that uh, 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 gave your business an edge.
1: You know, I tell uh, I tell companies kind of kind of two things is um, well a couple of things is marketing you know, in, in in my eyes, it's all about having a, a message, you know, a method of media to literally interrupt a conversation that somebody's already having, right? So you're, you know, you're doing daily life, you're driving your car around town, heading to work, what, whatever it is, you get your, your eye and your, and your phone and your social media, and, and you're having this interaction with the world and boom, you've got to be as a company, something or someone that, that interrupts that message. So a couple of ways to do it. Um, initially, I, I used the whole R&D, right, which is rip off and duplicate. So I jump into the painting business and I said, what What are these other, what are other companies doing, right? So back in 2005, they were competing for space in the phone book, right? Believe it or not. Um, and, and that was funny how that literally right. changed right before my eyes. They were dropping, you know, signs and flyers and door hangers. There weren't too many that were knocking on doors. I, I did a lot of door right. knocking. And I tracked the return on that, so there's you know the r and d, there's ripoff and duplicate, and then there's like, hey, what is your industry doing? And then what is something totally different, totally off the wall, that everybody says is crazy? this would never work? Like I love trying stuff like that. you know, I, I tell people I'll try anything once. And um as I was knocking on doors and, and I really established some good metrics right i knew if i spent this much time and energy i would land this much business like literally down down to the dollar um i was driving around town right so i'm just driving right. or driving to the bank one day and i would drive this this one route and i'd see a guy dressed up like the statue of liberty standing on the corner but- shaking a sign and i'm like that is the stupidest thing like i i, I thought to myself i'm like that is the dumbest thing i, I can't believe people do this um, who would do business like I thought all these things, right. who would do business yeah. with a company like that? This guy's embarrassing himself. He's dressed up like a Statue of Liberty. And um, and then it kind of clicked. It's like, yeah, you just said all the things that that I'm now telling you you should try, right? Like on, on yeah. your podcast. So um, <laughs> my wife and I were joking one day, and she's like, Matt, you always say you'll do anything once and I said, What do we have to lose? You know, like let's give it a try. It was literally Statue of Liberty. And then uh, home builders back kind of in the building boom, they had like high school kids standing on the corner. So went down to a local high school um, and they had a a school dance team, like a hip hop uh, dance team. Um, And I said, hey, is anybody looking for a job? I need somebody that is, you know, doesn't mind being in front of a bunch of people and wants to just go dance on the corner, hold a sign, make some money. This kid raises his hand and uh, his name was Ben. We put him on the corner. Uh, between four and five o'clock, and I'm out doing estimates, my wife, Emily's working in the uh, the home office, and she goes, Matt, the phone is blowing up. She goes, why is everybody calling us between four and five o'clock? The phone never rings between four and five o'clock, you know? And I said, well, ben, Ben's out on the corner, and I said, make sure we're asking people why they're calling where they heard of us, and it was that. So, I mean, just something crazy like that, you know, totally, totally landed. Um yeah. we actually just recently did something super interesting in the roofing business too. Um that that I'd love to share. I don't know if you have any, you know, yeah, roof contractors that, that are that are listening.
0: We might have some we might have some uh uh usually you have in any industry, you have people that are thinking about yeah. it in it or trying to get out of it, you know. So the thing is in any yes. industry you got you got people going in. That would be great. They're in it. They want to do better. Or they're saying, how can I migrate out of this? Or how can I flip this into something else? So, yeah, we have people that are interested in improving.
1: And that's awesome. So, I mean, but, you know, depending on like on on your listener base, you're like, well, Matt, that's great. Nice story. Um, I I don't do anything that has to do with residential paint conching contracting in neighborhoods where, you know, the method in which you're interrupting a conversation, it doesn't matter in my industry, right? I'm in B2B sales or, you know, whatever it is. So I really, you know, I kind of, I created a framework. I tell people, I said, like, look, like, there's no magic bullet. I don't go tell everybody, Hey, go knock doors, you know, in real estate, like you can knock doors as a new realtor, but that I didn't find for me was the the best method. But what I, what I tell people is find that one thing, And I think as entrepreneurs, we get very impatient. So we're constantly, you know, as we're doing life and business and we're trying to interrupt a conversation with a customer. Now we have like, I was getting more phone calls from marketing companies trying to sell me marketing than I was customers wanting to do business with me when I started my business. Oh, Hey, we can do your SEO. We can do your whatever. So you're, you're getting constantly pulled in a million different directions. And I say, look, look, find out who your customer is. You know, think about that that demographic, that avatar, where do they spend time? Where is their attention? And then how can you creatively, uniquely, differently get into that conversation in front of them and come up with one method, right? So for me, knocking on doors, that was my one method. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm going to spend 90% of my time knocking on doors. And just because 30 people slammed the door in my face, I mean, I've had doors slammed in my face, I've had dogs bite me. I've had guns brandished, like weapons brandished at me, all kinds of stuff, right? Um, But you just keep going and do it a hundred times, do it 200 times, and you'll start to see some consistent patterns, but we get distracted and we give up too easily. So, you know, I would say to anybody, any industry, you've got a client, their attention is somewhere, find a way to interrupt it. And it's guess and check. You might try to interrupt the conversation 200 times and get zero, you know, try it another hundred tried another hundred. Maybe you get zeros again. Okay. Maybe now you need to try a different, a different method, but you've got to establish something tangible that, that you can track.
0: Thanks for listening to the million dollar mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute, and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, We have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whiteallemwinning.com. Thanks for listening.